All right. Well, there you go. So you were going to say you you flew you flew home through Hamilton. That's right. Um, A bit of a mistake inadvertently. I fly back into Hamilton, you know, talk to some people. They said it's fine. And ultimately it was. But it was a bit of a throwback because the plane lands and you get off and then walk across the tarmac. Mm hmm. And it seemed very primitive. And then this little tunnel you go into seemed very primitive. And then the little area where the carousel for the bags was was just look look like somebody's rec room or drywall. <laughs> <laughs> and then they had these these little sayings. Somebody thought, oh, you know, it's a good idea. Let's put all these like you know wistful um, uh, travel sayings on. Oh, yeah, the walls. you're talking about around the uh, the uh, airport there. Yeah. In the rec room. Oh, I see. The in, the, in the basement? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stuff like uh, each year pick a new place to go. And then over on another wall, it says something like, you know, when you're away, you're a different person and all this stuff. <laughs> Just really sort of cheesy. And again, I know Hamilton. They hate it when it's compared to Toronto, but just going through Pearson, a whole different experience. Mm. And then the plane lands and it's really it was we looked around. It was like the only plane that had just landed on the tarmac. And then the carousel was probably 100, not even 100 yards from the plane, not even that 50 yards. And it took forever for that carousel to start. And people kept saying, what are we at, Pearson? Everybody started mumbling. <laughs> well, that's what I wanted uh, to ask you. I mean, you really, even though it was inadvertent, think about what you've done. You, you still saved yourself time, did you not? Oh, yeah, I would say. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, the, the, you know, the ground transportation from Hamilton to Brampton, a little longer, twice as long, a little more than twice as expensive, which you understand. That's part of it. Um but other than that, like going through customs and all that, oh, yeah, it was a breeze. Did they have signs on the wall that said, uh, where, where, there you are, or everywhere you go, there you are, and things like that? No, but Wayne and Garth were at the customs. <laughs> <laughs> were they? Were they like, hello, Mr. Patterson, yeah. welcome back to Canada? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> basically, they were very, you know what? They did have a different uh, demeanor than... The Pearson ones, they just did seem, you know, Pearson, sometimes it's a, and they're probably told to do that. Uh, They seemed a little more laid back in Hamilton. You know, it may have just been luck of the draw, but I felt that. Well, and again, it was inadvertent, but I think you you lucked out because when I came back, it's it's funny until we started, because we've been talking for about 20 minutes, but I forgot you came through customs in Hamilton. And uh, my most recent experience when I came back from Mexico in the fall uh, I was two hours before I called you and said, I can't do the show tomorrow. I'm not going to get home. Yeah. Like, mm. it, I, I don't know, Dan, when's the last time you've come through uh, Pearson? I guess in the fall where you were in France? Uh, I left out of Pearson, came back and, uh, oh, yeah, no, that's right. Yeah, I came through Pearson. But it landed in uh, Montreal and then came uh, right. to Pearson. So it didn't have to go through customs at Pearson. But I mean, in the walk at Pearson is always like, it's two kilometers always. Doesn't matter. <laughs> That's right. <It's> like, <laughs> you're like riding, oh, we're going to land next to luggage. No, you're not. No. <laughs> You've got to go down there. Yeah, and there Pearson's got a sign that says, uh, hey, fuck you. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> I um, yeah. I almost feel like faking an ailment because if you tell them, oh yeah, on departure they'll have one of those golf carts there for you, you know, and they'll wheel you the two K right past everyone. I like that. Well, idea. if you were me, you wouldn't have to fake an ailment. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> 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 I got a list here. Must <laughs> <laughs> 
That's right. <laughs> which one? Which um, one gets me on this? That's thing? right. I have a manifest of all the things that are wrong with me. <laughs> but you know what's crazy? Getting off a plane, and I know you do it in the Caribbean. Although I, we didn't do it in Porta Plata, I don't believe. I can't remember. It's only a month ago. Um, yeah. But that it's odd because I thought, what if yesterday? You know, it was sunny and about eight degrees. It was lovely, actually. But what if it's like shitty? What are they? Do you still have to walk? Like I, that's weird. Did you? Are you saying that you still have to walk outside? Yeah, I guess you do. That's a good Hamilton. question. Mm. Did you see any jetways there? What's that mean? Well, there's the Those stairs steel there, tube yeah. that comes out of the airport. Oh, wherever. I see what you're saying. Yeah. They, oh no, 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 no. They're fixed. They don't move. The ones I saw. You walk to this little tunnel that goes to the oh, wreck. So everything's on ground floor. There's no second <clears throat> yes. floor uh, to get mm-hmm. into. Okay. Yes. Well, yep. I guess they got to shovel a path from the plane to the... Uh, mm-hmm. That's what they got to do. But again, fr- from this travel reporter's uh, perspective... Um, this is Fred Patterson now, from Aging with Energy. Go ahead, Fred. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> not a bad experience it's not like the type of thing i'd ooh, i'd never do that again in fact i would probably be inclined to do it but maybe make different um arrangements around it that's all that's all uh it was fine and the thing is in hamilton if you go out from hamilton leave from hamilton and come back to hamilton mm. apparently the park and fly deal is like sensational part of the uh, a way of luring people to that airport is a great park and fly deal. I don't know what it is, but ultimately it could be cheaper than ground transportation from Hamilton to Brampton and back, you know. Well, the time you, you know. save getting in and out of the airport experience. Yeah, I mean, it's a little longer depending on the time you get home, you know, the mm-hmm. QEW or whatever. But I can tell you, you know, it's there. Maureen was on with us yesterday. Uh, she went away with John Moore. They went on a golf trip. On the trip, uh, Air Canada lost John's luggage for three days. Uh, Maureen got her golf club stolen. Not not related, but just it was a nightmare. But that, mm-hmm. that you know, it's funny. It was seemed to be last summer. If my memory serves me correctly, it seemed to be last summer when we started hearing all these stories about the horror stories at Pearson, but it's not the novelty's worn off for a lot of travelers. Dan and I were talking last night and, you know, one of our buddies who is coming with us to uh, Mexico next month, you know, is adamantly not packing anything but carrying on now. And the thing is. Now you see people with kids like it used to be carry-on was a small suitcase. Now carry-on is like a steamer trunk. All these people trying to... Have you noticed that? People trying to jimmy these giant carry-on, and I say that with quotations, into how, the overhead. How are they allowed to do that? I noticed that yesterday on our plane. I said that to Dahl. At one point, I said, look at those carry-ons they're pulling out of there. They look like full-blast um, suitcases. How, how can you... How is that allowed? I guess... They've got to fit in a certain uh, thing, don't they? Like, they have to be a certain size. Yeah, there's uh, a guess, standard yeah. size you can put them in with a right. metal cage around it. That's what they're <laughs> supposed to be. But. You know, they have those things in the airport where they show you uh, a seat and they give you the dimensions. Have you ever seen anyone actually use one of those where they try and fit their suitcase underneath those metal bars? Yeah, I don't know what they're, I don't know how they get away with it. But that's uh, that's just a dream to me. Although I have to say, flew out of Pearson 
on uh, I guess January seventeenth. That was a Tuesday morning. We were there, and it was just so. It was very, very painless. Did mm-hmm. the online check in the night before? Went to the kiosk, printed our tickets. No lineup to dump our bag. There was like five people ahead of us for security. This was Terminal Three, though. For uh, I went down on WestJet. The non-Air Canada terminal. The non-Air, exactly. Mm-hmm. The international yeah. terminal. I'll tell you what, let's start the show and I'll tell you about a quick uh, airport experience I had. Dan Duran, everybody. This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from the well-equipped Humble and Fred Studios in Toronto, our beautiful Brampton studio, and from our Tulum studio with a nearby golf course. And is brought to you by Bodog, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Aaron Ventures, EVNet.ca, and GoDaddy. And now, here are two men who, now that Valentine's is over, can look forward to the season of Lent. And with Shrove Tuesday next week, are searching for the best pancake recipes. It's Humble and Fred. Can't believe show, uh, Shrove Tuesdays come up already. Um, and I realize that I'm about to tell you a story that I didn't share with you two because the last two weeks I've been here up until two days ago, we haven't been doing the show. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, I've spoken to both of you, but just sort of just quick updates. So I had a similar experience. I got up, and my, my flight was supposed to leave at 8.30 the day I left, which was the uh, 28th of January. Same thing. I get there. I check in online overnight. I get there, and I get my stickers for my golf clubs, get them, and go through customs quickly. I left my house at 5.30, and I'm walking toward the gate, at uh, 15 after 6. So including driving wow. there. You know, and wow. I'm only about 15 minutes from the airport. So it couldn't have gone better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Everything is looking great for the how man. And as I'm walking, this would dance right. <laughs> Dan, I'm, as I'm walking the marath- half marathon to the gates, I get a notice on my phone. Air Canada, your flight's been canceled. So that's that's six fifteen. My what? flight got canceled, and uh, I thought, well, you know, and my first reaction was, okay, well, it's, you know, I'm sure I'll get there at some point today. In fact, part of the notice was your life flight's been canceled. Right now, we're looking to make some uh, arrangements for you. So I thought, well, okay, uh, you know, I'm going to be away for two months if I don't get there exactly the right time. No problem. Keep walking toward the gate, figuring that's where I'll get some information. By the time I'm about halfway to the gate, I get another notification that the flight's not canceled, or the flight is canceled, but they've changed us to a different flight. A different, Mm. same time, 8.30, so all is well. And but that was there was a few minutes there where I was like, okay, well, you know, this is just part of the traveling experience in this day and age. Anyway, I go and have breakfast, and I should let you know too. I was in uh, premium economy. I did it on points, and it was great. And then, as I'm going to the gate to to finally board, I get another notification, and it says your seat has been changed. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and. Uh, I was in like row 12 or something, premium economy, and they changed me to seat 1C. So I'm like, ooh, I've just been upgraded. But what I didn't realize is they, the reason they changed the, or canceled the flight is they, they didn't need a bigger, they needed a bigger plane. So the plane I was on was the 777, and they, they upgraded me to the pod. You're in the pod? Really? I was in the pod. It's my wow. first time... 
I'd seen it before, and I, I'd been on a couple of flights where I sort of looked wistfully to first class and thought, what are those people? Mm. What is their experience like? I'm going to tell you, listen, I don't have pod class money, but if, right. a, if a person did, you'd never go in any other form. Mm-hmm. It's only a four and a half hour flight from Toronto to Cancun, but... Dan and Freddie, I've never, I've never experienced. Uh, I mean, I've been flying my whole life, and I've never experienced anything like it. Forget the fact that the the TV you're looking at is not that little uh, back of the seat piece of shit. Mm-hmm. It's like a mm-hmm. full screen television. Forget the fact that the service is ridiculous. After I'd watched a movie and had breakfast, you can literally stretch out fully. Like I, they give you a comforter. They have you have wow. a, you have a pillow. They give you, by the way, Dan. You'll love this. Everyone gets Bose noise canceling headphones. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Dan. Nice. Like the sound, you know how the sound on airport airplanes is kind of shitty anyway. Even if you have and good you headphones, crank up the volume. You gotta crank up the anything. volume. It never works. So I just laid down and had like an hour post breakfast nap. Like you're really oh, you something. wasted an hour of that, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Freddie. I, I'm telling you, when when you when you fully, you, well, it's not like you're in a reclined position. You're fully, like I'm almost six feet tall. I was fully stretched out like I was in bed. Wow. Yeah, it was something else. I don't know. You know what, guys? I have no idea what that's worth. Mm. But uh, was anybody was anybody next to you? Like uh, you're looking into somebody else's face or something? Is it, is it, no, sir. The whole thing the is like a private. It's like a private. They, the way they've yeah. staggered it, it's like a private apartment. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Just the way they're angled. The way they're angled. I mean, so, I would take full advantage. I'd, I'd do something like, hey, these eggs are a little runny. <laughs> Could you fix that, please? Could you fix that? Thank you. Again, I have no concept of what that costs a person, but I get why people would do it if they had the money. I, I personally, it, it was great. It wouldn't. It wouldn't be worth it to me to spend the money. But if you had pod class money, like if you were that wealthy, or like Fred Ball money, I, did I tell you that story? His son works or lives right now and works in uh, Singapore. So him and Nancy, his wife, decided to go visit him, and that flight is horrendous. So his two tickets return cost him $13,000. Wow. What? Is yeah. that, was that in pod class or just regular class? Um, um, no, I think it's like, yeah, he made it so that the trip there and back would be enjoyable as opposed to um, grueling. Yeah, because it's well, like, like 17 hours 12 or, or 13 hours. Oh, no, I think it's more than that, Dan. Yeah, I think it's more. Okay. Oh. oh, yeah, because they fly to somewhere, I forget where he said, and then down. I said, you got to be kidding. And well, he said, well, he said, we're going to, you know, I'm at this point in my life, and we're going there. And, you know, Nancy, I think he said, isn't the best flyer. Uh, anyway, so we're going to do it up. You know, listen, I've spent extra money for, you know, to to upgrade to business class. Because, you know, sometimes if you do mm-hmm. the math, it's an extra... You know, I've done it recently with points, and then you throw an extra eight hundred dollars in the experience. I'm like, okay, you know, I'll, I'll, it's in, it's one thing to be in the bigger seats and to get to board earlier, and the service is better. But I had always wondered what this is like. Now, there's a class above pod class. I don't know if you guys have ever seen those videos online of like the Emirates apartment, where it really is like a a fully, it's like three or four hundred square feet they give you, and it's. 50 grand. I mean, there's all kinds of what I guess the point I'm trying to make is there's very few things where you think, okay, that was worth it. And again, I don't know what this would be worth, but whatever Mm -hmm. it was, it was a pretty cool experience. 
just think, if I'd have traveled with you and was beside you, we could have been the pod couple. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> that is funny. Okay. Again. There you go. Mm-hmm. And that is a uh, throwback to uh, the uh, the article that came out about us in yeah. uh, October of 2011. They called us Dan the pod couple. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, guys, uh, we have a, a program to do. Uh, it seems weird that you're back in Brampton. Dan's at my house. I'm in Mexico still. Dan's going to Mexico, I guess, a couple weeks from now. Yeah, on the 3rd to Mazatlan. So you and I and Fred will all be in Mexico at the same time, uh, just a couple weeks from now. Yeah. I'll be in an entirely different area than you are. But. I think you're in cartel country. I don't, I'm not 100% sure. But I don't yeah. know. I, mean, I, I just <laughs> followed my brother because he chose. Yeah. And I thought, okay, well, he probably knows what's, you know, mm. what's going on there. I haven't really mm. uh, grilled him on that. Yeah, mm. I think where you're going, Dan, is where all those people were burned alive. Oh, yeah. Right. That's if I'm not mistaken. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, where Fred and I are going is a, a fairly f- uh, safe zone. But where you are, they, they call that cartel country. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Okay. Um, speaking of Dan, they, they use Canadians for kindling. That's <laughs> right. They are especially looking for tall, good-looking gringos like yeah. you. You got it. Um, I didn't watch a lot of the Super Bowl ads, but one of the ones that I did stick out for me, I don't know if you guys saw it, is the one uh, trailer for the Harrison Ford uh, follow-up to Indiana Jones. I'm not sure which mm-hmm. one this yeah, is. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, yeah. And I had this thought about you, Dan, that you're like the Harrison Ford of, you know, podcasting, radio, because you're aging so well, much like him. Like, I don't know how old he is, but uh, he, he put me in the mind. He's got to be. Well, he's older than you. Yeah. But uh, I thought of that. I thought of you. I said, that's just Terrison Ford is very Dan Duran-esque. Yeah. <clears throat> Dan, do you turn 65 well in Mexico or will you be home by then? I'll be 65. Home. I'll be 65. Home. Yeah. 65. Uh, uh, thanks. 65. Repeat that. That's right. 65. Wow. 65. Dan Duran. Well, the discounts keep coming then. After yeah, man. Then, right? <laughs> um, Dan, do you know what you are in Spanish? Uh, no. You will be turning 65, Dan. Uh-huh. That sounds a lot better. It does. Very sexy, doesn't it? Yeah. I'm turning What is it? 65. Sesenta y cinco. Okay. It's too bad Howard and I are going to be away during that glorious day. Although we can... I wonder if we're doing a show that day where we can really rub it in. (laughs) You know what day of the week it is? No, I don't. Okay, what is the date again? It's March... uh, It's the March... March 27th. As luck would have it, we are not doing a show that day. I have it down here. It's Dan Duran's birthday in my calendar, though. (sighs) Yeah. Oh, Oh, well. Mm. Well, you know oh, what we'll, we'll do, though? On, on Thursday the 23rd, which will be our last show from San Miguel, then we will celebrate the yes. senior citizenship <laughs> of Dan Duran. And then when we get back, Dan, you know what Freddie and I are going to do? We're mm. going to take you to an early bird special. Yes, we are. <laughs> oh, that's good. Thank a buffet. you. <laughs> that's right. A buffet somewhere with a lot buffet. of macaroni. We're going <laughs> to take you out for dinner at 4.30. <laughs> there we go. Oh, watch the matinee. Go for a matinee movie. That's right. Here's uh, prices. Yeah. Sesenta y cinco is Dan Duran. Did I ever tell you guys here at Vauden and Kennedy in Brampton prior to COVID, it was a Zeller store mm. and they turned it into Uncle Bob's Buffet. 
and it, it wasn't the whole Zeller store, maybe two thirds. And I walked in there a couple of times just to have a look. And it was this huge, huge buffet. And then I walked around and looked at all this stuff. And again, a lot of macaroni, a lot of like spaghettis and pastas and stuff, you know, the cheap stuff. And I'll tell you, it was full of people, like guys on their lunch and then families in there and everything. But I mean, to me, like it didn't look good at all. But then it got nailed with COVID. Like it, it didn't survive COVID. And obviously, I mean, when you, you know, your business is a gigantic buffet and COVID hits, <laughs> not a good comedy. Right. You know, and, and servicing older people. And Uncle yeah. Bob's, Uncle Bob's is gone now. Well, I'm sorry, what but was the name of the place something. again? Pardon me? What was the name of the place again? Uncle Bob's Buffet. Uncle Bob's Buffet. Man, that nothing says <laughs> elegant. <laughs> nothing says classy. Yeah. It should have been Uncle Bob's Buffet and something else. So at least he'd have mm-hmm. the end, like a go-karts or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, That's really funny. Hey, Dan, on Turning 65, I saw a tweet here from Ricky Gervais, and uh, this was from the New York Times on uh, the aging um, a Yale economics professor had an idea on how to deal with the burden, burdens of Japan's rapidly aging society. And according to this Yale professor, Dan, the only solution, he says, is mass suicide of the elderly. <laughs> mass suicide of the elderly, including, including ritual disembowelment. That seems a bit aggressive. <laughs> Like, okay, okay to the suicide, but do you have to disembowel them? Listen, us old people are already having trouble with our bowels. What's that, Dan? Just as an example. Yeah. Here's how to do it. That's right. Mass suicide of the elderly. Or send them to Bob's fucking buffet every day. Howard, maybe you've discovered this, but speaking of Ricky Gervais, um, Buddy Doug loves Ricky, and down on uh, during our time away, he was listening to the podcast uh, Carl Pink- Pilkington's Diary with yeah. Ricky Gervais. I, I, I know of it. I haven't heard it yet. Yeah, and um, he that was his producer, former producer, yeah. current producer, or something. And uh, Ricky finds out that he had been keeping this diary over the past several years, and they talk about it. It's pretty funny, as it would be, of yeah. course, with Ricky Gervais. But you know that guy, Carl Pinkerton, him and Ricky and this other guy, the tall guy, yeah. they've been doing stuff uh, together yeah. for a long time. Mm-hmm. He's been kind of yeah. like a, a regular foil for Ricky Gervais. Um, yeah, it's Pilkington. Pilkington. Yeah. Uh, speaking of comics we like, uh, I was going to save this for uh, Bill Brio is coming up in about 15 minutes. But Jim Jeffries got a new uh, Netflix special. I haven't I checked it out. I watching that. It's uh, pretty good. Is it good, Dan? Yeah. yeah, it's great. I'd recommend it. I really he like him. funny dude. Yes. Just the way he, he weaves a story, the way he does it is just, you know, and thoughts, that, you know, old stuff that, you know, somehow becomes new again, right? Yeah. Just His whole thing from together. a... A few specials ago on Americans and guns is just, it's just exceptional. Yeah. That's, that's the same. That goes back a few years now. But That's the same special that he did the uh, bit about the guy in uh, Oscar Pretorius who uh, killed his wife. Mm-hmm. That, that as well. Yeah, yes. It's really, really good. Um, and uh, one other point. Oh, Bill's going to come up and he wants, he's going to be talking about Bill Maher when it comes to uh, podcasts and whatever. And I'll mention this to Bill, but uh, that uh, Sebastian Mana. Q-skull? Maniscalco, yeah. Maniscalco. Um, Bill's uh, podcast, um, uh, Club Random, which we'll talk about when Bill's on, 
Um, he had Sebastian on. Uh, it was just awful. Just awful. This guy, he seemed like almost embarrassed to be there or preoccupied, and he didn't want to drink, and he didn't want to smoke dope, which was fine. But I was just really surprised, given the way he is on stage so animated. Mm-hmm. Sitting there with Bill, it was weird. You got to check it out. Well, I, I'm very uh, disappointed. I have watched his last <clears throat> special. And I had this debate with our friend Lumby. Like, I love, and I, I was the one that sort of recommended Sebastian to Jeff and his wife, Julie, and they love him. And But I didn't like his last special. Secondly, I've seen Sebastian on Comedians in Cars. I've seen him interviewed. He's not really that good in those situations. It's not his element. Mm-hmm. And you know what? It's not for everybody, that, that kind of off the cuff. We, look, look at the comments no. we've had on the show. Some of them mm-hmm. just don't do great in this environment. Right. Yes. Uh, I think I have a clip of uh, some Bill Maher that somebody sent me. I just want to make sure I have it here. Oh, maybe I don't have it. But uh, Dan Duran's Duran's news is coming up. Um, Yes, it is. Dan Duran is coming back. Thank you, Dan Duran, because uh, there was a time there you were, like, dumping us every day and then... And now Dan's going to come back and do some news, Fred. It really does uh, make a difference. Got to get a couple in there before I turn 65. So. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. These are some of the last uh, appearances on uh, the radio. <laughs> and, we haven't, and we haven't even told you, as soon as you hit 65, you can't get a boner anymore. Oh, where did you find that? <laughs> oh, really? That's oh, yeah. It. The day you hit right 65. Yeah, oh, can't wow. get a bo- No. No. Yeah, you'll see. You'll see. Uh, Dan's going to go off and make sure he's working for the last uh, month or so. Uh, Dan Duran, thank you for your service to this country. And by the way, before you leave, do you know what today is, Dan? Uh, it's the 15th, the day after Valentine's Day. That is right. 1965. Speaking of being 65. In 1965, an amazing event happened in this country. Dan Duran, could you guess what that is? Uh, 65. I don't know. Something to do with a flag, maybe? Mm. Mm. I'm Fred, do you, uh, do you confirm? Yeah, that, um, that, yeah, that, uh, that rings a bell. Today's the day the maple leaf became our official flag. Oh, really? I got yeah, it. You wow. did get it. Yeah. That's a total guess. Total guess. But it was a great guess. Wow. But I guess that's because you were probably in high school back then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, how things work as well. You know, we're so used to it now, and I love that flag. And when you see it, it makes you feel good, especially when you're abroad. Mm. <laughs> you're <laughs> not it. Um, um, <laughs> but have you ever seen um, back then some of the other ones they've con- they considered at the time? And probably any one of them we would have got used to, obviously. But it's just interesting to see because and what, I don't know if you want to call it a contest, but there was, yeah, there was. several sub- submissions. Forty of them were considered. Right. And uh, I've seen those in, uh, I don't know where, but it's just, wow, what if that had been our flag? Some of them were just really overdone in retrospect because our flag is just so basic and yeah. lovely. Um, yeah. Uh, it's so simple. Might- it stands out so well. Yeah, among all the flags of the world, it's one mm-hmm. of those flags, right? But you're, you know, you're, you're both right. But and but Fred makes the the point that if whatever it was, we would have all been used to it by now. Because when it became the uh, the Maple Leaf, it was a, it was new. Because prior to that, in 
Dan, back in 1610, when you were just getting, uh, when you were born. <laughs> it was a different flag. Is what it was, uh, yeah. It was the, uh, in then, in seven, the then in 1763, mm-hmm. during your first marriage. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah. so we were using, apparently, just, I'm just reading this from the history website, mm-hmm. but apparently we were using a Union Jack something hybrid that I don't remember. I don't doesn't have a representation of it here. Yeah, so I don't recall what we were using prior to the Maple Leaf, but I was yeah, very. It was called young. the Red Ensign, wasn't it? Yeah, probably. Yeah, and it was. It had the British flag up in the corner, and then some kind of a. Yeah, it was called the Red Ensign. If if unless I'm getting mixed up with. Something no, you're probably else. right. I mean, mm-hmm. it looked a lot like one of our provincial flags looks now. Okay. Back in the day. All right. Well, there you go. So this is a very significant day in Canadian history. And uh, and we have Dan Duran, one of our founding fathers, <laughs> here to commemorate <laughs> and celebrate. I love the fact that we're going to start celebrating Dan's aging for the next month. It's going to be great. <laughs> and fantastic. Dan, yeah. we yes. know you were... We know you were part of the early slave trade, but we realized at the time, <laughs> at the time. That's right. At Dan. the time, everybody was doing it. Everyone so was bad. doing it. It's not just everybody you. Everybody was doing it. Yeah, you're not just old Master Dan. Didn't want, to, didn't want to challenge the norms of the day. Exactly. No. No. Right. Yeah. When you okay. were in Diefenbaker's cabinet, I always found that. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. All right. You and Steve in those late night scotches. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Chin wagging all over the place. (laughs) Yeah. Well, there you have it. Uh, Dan Duran uh, back with his news. He was one of the original newscasters back in the 1920s, as you know. Before there was newscasts. Before there was newscasts. You just sat around yelling at people in the village. Uh, in his yeah. deep voice. Why don't you, uh, tell, speaking of the news, tell us how we're doing here with the Chamber Plan. Well, the Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, Canada's number one group benefits plan for small business. If you have a small business, you've thought about this, well, give it further thought. Go to chamberplan.ca today, get a free quote, the badge is there. They lay it all out, what they can do for you. Yeah, there's different levels that you can buy in at, whatever you're comfortable with. Uh, your employees will love you for this because, you know, at the very basis, there's, uh, you know, prescriptions and dental. Everybody wants to look after that. It comes with a travel component, of course, which Howard's enjoying right now. I just did. It's uh, great coverage when you're away from the country. It certainly is a uh, mental health uh, component now. They have an HR department that you can use. It's crazy. It's just crazy, man. So if you have a small business, do that today. Chamberplan.ca. And we've been talking about Aaron Ventures now for a while. AaronVentures.com. Uh, go check out this company. You know, I've talked about it a little bit with the Sherpa. If you have a Sherpa or the Sherpa is your Sherpa, maybe you should talk about this emerging international junior mining and exploration company. You know, we were talking to Tim Daniels about what they're doing there. Unearthing boron, which is basically a uh, product, a uh, uh, mineral that is in so many of the things you are using right now, the cell phone screen, all the way from that to, you know, components in the electric vehicle world, not uh, up to and including the uh, battery. 
Uh, make sure you uh, check it out. The company's objective is to increase its mineral reserves by developing current properties through the acquisition of additional mining projects. It's all there uh, for you at AaronVentures.com. Uh, we have a few minutes before uh, Bill Brio joins us. Uh, I have a couple things I want to run by you, but I'm not sure if we should start down the uh, John Tory road or we should uh, maybe talk about some other things. I was kind of curious. Um, were you able to uh, watch any of your uh, your hockey team down there in uh, the Dominican? Uh, yes. Yes. I had uh, my gadget. Mm-hmm. And I could watch uh, hockey games. Yes, nice. I don't. I don't know if I ever sat and watched a full one, but we'd come in from dinner and I'd watch a segment or so. Yeah, I was at the golf course. Uh, one of the courses I'm playing uh, about a week ago, and there was a bunch of Canadians, as there always is. Mm-hmm. A buddy about your age had his Maple Leaf hat on. Right on. And uh, I said, hey, you know, Maple Leafs, congratulations on another great, you know, season. And the first thing he says was, yeah, the season doesn't start till we get past the first round. And I yeah. laughed. Oh, yeah. That's all there is to say. It's it, funny. It just I just is. thought of you when he said that, though, because I'm like, that's the first thing out of his mouth. Yeah. Even this team. They, listen, last weekend, Friday night, they're in Columbus. Saturday night. They're against Columbus back here at the Scotiabank Arena. I said to Buddy Doug before the series started, I said, this will be classic Maple Leaf. They'll win Friday night and win in Columbus. And let me, did I mention that Columbus is the worst team in the NHL? The absolute worst team in the NHL? Hands I, I, down. I did not know that, but I will take your word for you it. Know, you know that now. So Friday night. And I said, what will happen? This will be classic Maple Leaf. They'll win in Columbus. Then they'll come home on Saturday night in front of a crowd, the home crowd that pays four and $500 a ticket, and suck. So Friday night they go in to Columbus. They win 3 nothing. Next morning, all the right. Oh, the Leafs play a strict, tidy game. It's the second half. They're <laughs> serious and all this bullshit. And then Saturday night they lose 4-3. to three. In front of all those people that have played paid ridiculous amounts of money to watch a hockey game, they don't even show up and lose four or three. So why do you think and that it's is? those points that are going to kill them in the end? Pardon me. Why do you think that is? Um, it's just you know, and Howard, that's a traditional thing. It's almost systemic. It's always happened. But this team has no pushback. This team has no guts. This team has no grit. And uh, it's going to be the same story in the playoffs. There's just, when you really need it, it's not there. This team does not have it. Sorry, that's the way it is. You know, we should just put, whatever you just said, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying this uh, critically, I, what you've just said now, we probably have on audio somewhere from the last three or four seasons. Because every year at this time, mm-hmm. you know, we'll have a conversation about the team. This is what you'll say. And it turns out to be, Prophetic or prophetic, whatever that come mm-hmm. April, they lose in the first round. And this year, Howie, it's going to be the same thing. We already know they're playing Tampa Bay again. Mm-hmm. There's really no way around it. But this time, they're going to probably uh, not have home ice advantage because they're in the process of blowing that right now. And guarantee the trade deadline, I think, is March 3rd. You watch the Tampa Bay Lightning will make one or two significant moves prior to the trade deadline because apparently they're in a position to do it and our Maple Leafs will be gone again in the first round. Well, two questions. Mark my words. Two, well, one question and one observation. 
the fact that they lose Saturday night at home against, as you said, the worst team in the league. And this is probably, you say, when you, when you said it, it's systemic. I've been here a long time. And, you know, the, Toronto is not the easiest place to play for these kids. And so is that part of it, maybe? Saturday night, the big crowd, the home. There's the, got, yeah, there, I, there's got to be a reason. Uh, maybe that's part of it. I don't know. I don't know. I can't answer that. All I know is what did I see the stat 14 times this year? They've played teams that have been in last place or second last or considered the dregs of the league. <laughs> and of those 14, uh, they've lost like six of them, six of those games. And how many of those games have been at home? Oh, I'm not sure. Oh, let's but get some the, stats so, up in here. So say you win those six games. Right. Instead of holding on. For, uh, to second place in the division, you'd be firmly uh, battling for first place with Boston if you just beat the shitty teams. So explain that. That's the second thing I wanted to ask. So why is it a yeah. fait accompli, a uh, foregone conclusion that they're going to play Tampa Bay? Because Boston's running away with the division. All right. In the way it's in the, the way it's structured, each division, the second and third place teams play each other. The teams that win the division play seeded teams from could be the other division, could be your division, but just the way it's structured. Once again, we know it's going to be Leafs in Tampa Bay, and that has not gone well for the Leafs. No, they don't want this year. They can't beat Tampa Bay in the playoffs. Sorry, can't do it. Can't be done. Well, that's too bad. Mm. Um, I thought I'd ask. Well, the reason I wanted to ask is because again, I ran into the guy who's a Leafs fan, and it seems that. Right. That seems uh, to be the case for most Leaf fans. Yeah, and we've tried to dress it up nicely, uh, but the goaltending still sucks. Even that Samsonoff guy that plays really well, then he's it's just like Freddie Anderson. All of a sudden, he's full of holes, and it's like, what? What just happened? <laughs> the guy just made 15 spectacular saves, and then what? Boom, 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 and it's like, whoa, okay. Who's this guy? <laughs> so were you? So you were able to watch some games, but uh, now his buddy Doug, and for people who are new, is uh, Fred's lifelong friend. Now, buddy Doug is coming to uh, San Miguel as well. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, he is. And um, forward to it. And you guys get along fine, you know, in close quarters, day after day, with your wives and, and being around each other and uh, watching games. And yep, it's like a brother. Yeah, I don't think I could spend two months with one of my brothers. Oh, well, that's you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're all different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, <laughs> I don't think they could spend two months with me. Um, yeah, so that's great. You get to watch the game. I just feel bad for you, though, because, you know, April's a long way away. Hey, don't feel bad for me. Mm, I mean, I, I wish it was different. Uh you know, and here's what has buffered it for me. My wife has become such a Blue Jays fan. Mm-hmm. And uh, that season starts before we leave Mexico. The regular season, baseball season, will have started March 28th. Uh, Blue Jays in uh, St. Louis. So I'm really looking forward to the baseball season because I enjoy watching the games with her, seeing how she gets involved in it, gets to know the play. Like, she's never, ever done that before with a sport. 
So it's fun. So to me, that's sort of a buffer. Right. So when those, those nights that the Leafs are losing to Tampa Bay in the first round, I'll just be watching baseball with her like I did last year. I hardly watched any of that Tampa Bay series. It's funny because I, I knew it was coming. Well, and the thing is, it's I have zero interest in that team from uh, training camp until the playoffs. And I watched every one of those games last year. I just find it fascinating. Um, let's switch gears uh, as we do from time to time here. Uh, with our old friend, <laughs> Santa Claus Bill Brio, ladies and gentlemen, who is hanging on to his pandemic vibe. Always a pleasure to, uh, always a pleasure to welcome the, the bright and entertaining host of uh, his own podcast. You know, when I look back at the evolution of Bill Brio... From a neophyte now, he's an experienced podcaster. It's always great to have him back. Hello, William. Good morning, Howard. And uh, yeah, I don't miss shaving, I have to say. It's, yeah. uh, uh, you know, one of those things I was never that into. Either do I, Bill. That's, uh, yeah. Again, I just the odd little trim every so often. Uh, yeah, it's a nice thing not have to uh, do. And this... Does your beard bug you at all? Mine, people say, doesn't that bug you? Not yeah. that mine's nearly as long as yours, but it doesn't bug me at all. No, uh, it, it, it only bugs me when I have to give some guy 16 bucks to trim it. You know. Oh, 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 oh geez. Well, the Fred Jesus man's not Christ. doing that. Yeah, Fred's not. <laughs> Fred, Fred, Fred would go. And that only happens, you know, every two right. years. So Fred's not giving not anyone that. 16 bucks to trim is anything. <laughs> If for 16 bucks, he'd have to trim his beard and his pubes. <laughs> Although I imagine with a white beard, and depending what you're eating, like yeah. you live in Brampton, do you love Indian food? You must have to check your beard after you eat all the time. Like, yeah, you know, buttered chicken would stick right in that. Oh, yeah. Like, no problem. Mm. I'm finding snacks in there all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's and one of the you know, hazards. I know you don't smoke, or I'm assuming you don't smoke cigarettes, but then I always used to, when I was a oh, kid, right. some of my dad's friends would have like these, these beards and they have all the yellow patch under under their nose where they're that's a that's a commitment bill listen you guys um bill brio is with us and uh making his uh, monthly uh, i want to make sure i get the name of the uh, podcast right because oftentimes i struggle with it what is it called again it's brio.tv the podcast it's Brio. just the TV, dullest the name of all time but it's b-r-i-o-u-x and yeah wonderful conversation with uh you know, uh, Dave uh, Thomas up there right now from SCTV. Oh. And, uh, you know, he's such a great storyteller, uh, fascinating guy, just about his early career in advertising and uh, how that helped him become a, a great sketch writer. He learned mm-hmm. the importance of seconds, you know. Uh, so a wise man. I always loved talking to Dave. It had been a while. And uh, we went over everything from that right up to, you know, he wrote for Bones and the the blacklist. He did all this uh, procedural writing the last ten years. So interesting guy. Tell me, where does he live? Yeah, he lives down in Southern California. Oh, okay. He's got a couple of. If you go on DaveThomas dot com, you'll see the nineteen fifty seven fifty eight Cadillacs he owns, which is mm-hmm. a great car to be cruising around uh, California. As a couple of podcasters that do an entertainment style show, like I'm just curious, is where do you where do these contacts with uh, this level of star? Because on on your podcast, you very often will get guests that I'm always like, wow, how does he? And when I saw the note too, I thought the same thing. How do you get Dave Thomas? 
Uh, you know, I'm in my 40th year of covering television, so I've, I've talked to a bunch of these guys a bunch of times, right. and it's just through, through that experience mainly, and, uh, you know, I, I was lucky. I actually messaged him like two years ago saying, hey, I'm doing a podcast, would love you to come on, and I guess it went to his junk file. And about uh, three weeks ago, he got in touch with me and said, hey, you messaged me like in <laughs> mm. beginning of COVID. Mm. And I just just was cleaning up my thing. So that one was a bit of a delayed reaction. The reason I asked that question, too, is because someone like Dave Thomas, although he was part of SCTV and all the wonderment of that. He hasn't been front and center a lot like the other guys. So you just wonder how he built his wealth. Obviously, it's as you say, doing writing and other things. I, I think the latest edition of Smartless, Eugene Levy is on, and they talk about that yeah. whole crew that came out of Toronto. And mm-hmm. what a great story that is. But somebody like Dave Thomas, it's, uh, yeah, it's, he just well, hasn't been as front and center as the rest of them, is what I'm saying. He, he hasn't, but, you know, mm. um, you know, he made, uh, he won a Juno for that Bob and Doug album. Yeah. He did Strange Brew, which made money. Uh, you know, and also, when he was uh, looking to do something else, he got was talking to Hart Hansen, who was a uh, not a Canadian, but he was sort of a Canadian uh, who did the, the series Bones. And uh, Hansen said, "Why don't you write some episodes for me?" And so he said, "Give me six murders," and and Thomas did, and he, and he, you know he ended up being on the staff of that. And Thomas's reaction at first to him was, "I don't think you can afford me." And Hansen said. Oh, no, I can afford you. You know, like Bones was on for nine seasons on mm-hmm. Fox. Wow. Uh, so Thomas is making money uh, in all kinds of places. He's doing just fine. It's interesting that Fred asked that question because I was sort of thinking the same thing that not that Eugene Levy. Well, now he would have been one of the more uh, wealthy, but like he, he, Dave Thomas, you know, would have made a lot of money when. You know, when the Bob and Doug stuff came out, but a lot of money for that time versus a lot of money for this time. Because I don't think those guys made a ton of money on the syndication of SCTV, did they? Oh, I doubt it. But, um, you know, I, I just think he, he always worked. He was on Grace Under Fire for five seasons. Right. Uh, you know, he did a lot of stuff. He was on Arrested Development for the third season arc. Uh, you know, and he made a few movies and wrote a few movies. And um, he really, you know, uh, was more, even when SCTV started, he was the most experienced writer in a way because he'd written for advertising. He used to handle the Coca-Cola account, you know, like wow. mm-hmm. the, guy, the guy has continued to uh, work. And uh, yeah, I think he's uh, doing okay. During the uh, Smartless episode, Jason Bateman, he made that point that how, like, how do you explain in one little segment of time so much talent came out of one one place and one stage and it really is something because you start naming them off and what they have all done and who was involved here and you know it all started with that godspell thing yeah. in yeah. toronto yeah. Like just yeah. it's a it's a it's a great story and, and, and you think about a bill mm-hmm. and uh fred not just the sctv crew at that time mm-hmm. but in that godspell where it was uh uh, what's his name from um, Paul Schaefer uh, then later came uh, Dan Aykroyd and uh, a bunch of other people that went on to become again in a very short period of time Toronto seemed to be the epicenter yeah. that, that fed Gilda, all that Gilda, Gilda Radner, Gilda Radner uh, yeah it, it's just uh, incredible who Eugene Levy of course uh, Thomas came late to Godspell he was in the, those guys were that ran for like a year in Toronto 
he was six months into it. He ended up being a part of that show. Uh, and it was at a point where um, Victor Garber had left. He was the original Jesus and uh, Jesus Christ in, the, in Godspell. And Eugene took his place. So uh, <laughs> Thomas jokes about how, yeah, boy, tell me, he thought he was Jesus Christ. All right, you know? <laughs> a very swarthy Jesus. Um, well, anyways, this is a fascinating conversation with Dave Thomas on Bill Brio's uh Brio.tv podcast. On this podcast, uh, you start off your notes to us saying, everybody's watching The Last of Us. I'm not. I'm, uh, I've sort of heard of it. Why is it? What, what is it? And, what's, what's, and where is it available? And why is it causing such a big stir? Um, well, it's, you know, I'm just scared of the zombie shows. I'm never a big fan of The Walking Dead. <laughs> so that's, that's part of the, uh, the reason I just give it a pass so far i've heard great things there's been some uh it was specific episodes singled out there was um you know an episode with a a gay storyline that was especially cherished by a lot of fans and it um led to uh a revival of uh, linda ronstadt's uh one of one of her greatest hits um uh, and and so it's just been in the zeitgeist for the last few weeks you know i think uh People seem to admire it, but uh, and the guy who's sort of starring in it is in The Mandalorian, who wore the helmet, but you never really saw his face. Yeah, Pedro uh, Pascal. He was also in uh, one of the uh, early uh, Narcos. He was, yeah. Uh, yeah. He Great was quite actor. in there. He hosted yeah. Saturday Night Live a few weeks ago. Um, so, yeah, it's just one of those shows right now, everybody, and I believe it's on Netflix. Um, okay. I could be wrong. Yeah. Um, here's what it says, Bill. It says a... Uh, the Last of Us is an American post-apocalyptic drama. Tell them, okay, I'm done. <laughs> I'm, I already, I have, enough, I have enough going on in my own post-apocalyptic head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, you're right. I, I, I tend to really look for comedies, and um, it's uh, it's harder to find a good comedy. But mm-hmm. um, it's you know, if you can't find a good new one, you can find some good old ones. Everybody has access to everything now, yeah. and believe it or not, I'll watch Tubi which is one of those free uh, channels uh, that has ad-supported. It's, it's like old television. Um, and they have everything on there. They have the old Tonight Shows and uh, Carol Burnett and um, a lot of the Dean Martin roasts. But I started watching, and I'm almost embarrassed to admit this, the Beverly Hillbillies. <laughs> um, like, I went right back to the very beginning of that show. They have the first two black and white seasons. That's awesome. Man, that was a funny show. It was. You know? I mean, I... Uh, it really worked. The fucking Seaman Pond, man. You yeah. know, we had talked, Howard uh, talked about the offer, and I saw the offer. And Bill, did you watch the offer? No. Have okay. we been raving about it now? No, but it's just Al Ruddy, the guy that produced it. It was Al Ruddy, right? Yeah. Howard? Yeah. yeah Al Ruddy. You know, he developed the um, Hogan's um, Heroes. And, and it was funny when they were pitching that show on the offer, this part of the show. Yeah. Um, how much fun those people must have had doing those shows. Yeah. Like the laughs, like the Beverly Hillbillies, like even the pool table, right? The cues were the fancy pot passers and, you know, and it, the, it, the swimming pool was the cement pond and right. all that. I, I just, the guys must've been pissing their pants while they were writing that stuff. It's, I mean, it's a funny show, you know, and um, somebody will ring the bell on at the, you know, the buddy mm-hmm. Epson and all those guys are in there, the clampets and they'll start like going Jethro. Did you hear that? Again? <laughs> like they're looking at the walls and trying no. to figure it out. And Jethro's like, no, every time I go to look at for where that sound comes from, I have to go answer the door. <laughs> right. yeah. No, I know. I'm just half away. 
And uh, yeah, what was very it? Funny. Very funny. And what was the banker's name? Mr. Drysdale. Mr. Drysdale. But who 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 ended up? uh, He he had the onset dementia as that show toward the end of that series. They used him less and less, uh, unfortunately, for that that actor. But you know, no show was more popular in the history of television. Uh, In the days following the Kennedy assassination, there are about seven or eight episodes of the Beverly Hillbillies that stand up there with Super Bowls on the most viewed shows of all time it's like the nation turned to the clampets for healing Jesus. in 1963 it's very strange but to your original point about you know wanting to go back and watch older things or you know sometimes it's hard and we've had this conversation where it's you know hard to find something new whether it's the last of us which by the way has like a 97 percent rating on rotten tomatoes and yet you know we're sort of spoiled for choice in this uh, day and age so I'm here in Mexico, and I wasn't really watching. I haven't, I haven't got a television, so I'm watching any, everything on my computer. And I just went back, and I, I saw Entourage on uh, this service that I have. And I've spent the last week now watching seasons one, two, and three of Entourage because it's just so well done. And it's almost like I need the assurance that I know this is going to be good, even though I've seen it before. What do you think that phenomenon is, Bill? Well, it's just good television. You know, I mean, I've seen every episode of Frasier four times. And, uh, you know, it's just that the, you, you enjoy those experiences. It's like listening to your favorite Beatles songs right away. You know, I think that's part of it. Um, and also enough time has passed with Entourage. Like The Sopranos is another one. If you sit down and watching, oh, I'll just give this four minutes. Suddenly <laughs> an hour has gone by and you can't believe how good it is. You yeah. know, so. That's part of it, I think. No, it, it is. It's like a Beatles record. Um, I'm like that with All in the Family. There are certain episodes where Archie goes off on people. I could just watch them and watch them and watch them. And every time you see something different in it, yeah. how brilliant all that was. And the problem yeah, with it. me, and I, and I think it's because I, I was a little mm-hmm. I'm nervous when I go back. and Because I did this with The West Wing a couple of years ago during the pandemic. I thought, okay, I'll watch an episode or two and then cut to seven seasons of it. I don't seem to have the capacity to, to go back up. Like when you were mentioning The Sopranos, I thought, yeah, man. Same with Breaking Bad. I could go back and watch the entire... If mm-hmm. I watched one episode, if I watched the first episode, I'd be watching it for weeks. Right. But, but some shows don't hold up. You go back to me... Mash. I know this is sacrilege mm. to a lot of people, but to me, it just isn't as great as it seemed then, especially the later seasons. Um, I don't like the, I mean, that two and a half hour finale, I'll never get that time back. Um, not, not a big fan. Even the West Wing, Howard, I have to say, um, in retrospect, some of that doesn't stand up to me. Maybe we've lived through Trump and too many stupid crap. Crazy <laughs> yeah, maybe. To, right. To be able to swallow that hole anymore. I don't know. Let's talk about something you do want to talk about. We'll, we have a couple things to uh, get to, which is uh, something called Hello Tomorrow uh, is a new series you recommend premieres Friday on Apple TV. Yeah, this is um, a series that, you know, um, It's sort of set in the retro future, so stay with me on this, but it's about a guy uh, played by uh, Billy Crudup, who is basically a sales guy. He's selling timeshare lots on the moon. Mm. This will save your life. You can start fresh on the moon. Get a timeshare there. It's fabulous. All your worries and cares are gone. It's brand new. It's a fresh start. (laughs) So it's sort of an appealing idea. Everybody's looking for that fresh start right now. But the guy drives like a 1957 
uh, Oldsmobile, uh, but there's no wheels. It just hovers. Hmm. You know, everything is semi-future, semi-retro. Uh, when he's doing the presentation on the timeshare, he pulls down an old movie screen that we used to look at in high school, you know, where the, they'd wheel in a projector. Uh, it's It's just... The clothes, the fashion, the sensibility, everything is 50s. And so I remember if you watched WandaVision a few years yes, ago, there's a it. bit of feel of that to this show. And I, I just think Billy Crudup is a terrific actor. He's been on that uh, the morning show uh, for a few seasons. He was also an almost famous, great in that movie. Almost, yeah, you know, he's always good, this guy, just about everything he did. Big Fish years ago. Uh, Hank Azaria is one of the salesmen. Allison Pill. There's a Toronto guy, Shane Williams, also in this. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's coming up on Apple TV Plus. I think Friday it begins. And uh, speaking of Apple TV, I saw the uh, trailer for season three of Ted Lasso today, uh, yeah. which uh, comes out on the 15th of March. The Ides of March, yeah. Uh, also yeah, on Ted Apple Lasso. TV. Yeah, that's uh, we've all been anticipating that. We've been waiting like a year and a half or so, whatever it is. Um uh, Waddington is so fantastic on that show. The uh, the big conflict is that rotten rat fink coach Nate mm-hmm. uh, has jumped to the the arrival team, mm. and mm. Uh, that that's what's setting up there. Here's yeah, and and what and what a great way to set up the third yeah. season. It really was. Yeah, yeah. and Freddie, yeah. when you guys when you get a chance mm. today, I think both of you should go see the trailer because it's the trailer is. Just how good it's a great example of how good the show is because the trailer I've watched a couple times it's just very captivating and and I think you'll both enjoy it. Um, you say you watch uh, I, you know it's funny I'm such a Bill Maher fan I love his stand up I love I, like, I remember when Bill Maher was you know. Um, making his day not his debut but it would come on the tonight show he's always like a smart comic but it's funny i'm not really i don't really get i'm not into a show the way you guys are um billy you say you love it well yeah i real time with bill maher i just find that the discussion the discourse on politics there is better than anywhere else on television because they're um maher really does uh invite both sides you mm-hmm. don't get both sides and now, you know, having said that, the audience is very left and they root and stomp and holler, uh, you know, but the the, uh, the he'll have on people of conflicting views and the discussion is smart and funny often. Uh, and uh, I just think he's still fearless. And, and, and uh, I, I find myself agreeing more and more. He's really gone after the left in terms of woke. Uh, like like no one else, mm. and uh, the the uh, the points that he scores are uh, I don't know, and, and I just think it's funny. I love uh, new rules at the end. Some of the discussion about millennials uh, and wokeness and and everything else, he just lets it rip, and it's well written. Yeah, uh, it really is a clever show. And he's accused of being a lefty, but he's not. He's a super centrist, really. I mean, he, he, has, le- he has leanings both ways. I mean, I think a lot like um, the three of us sitting here. I mean, you yeah. just look at things logically. And I'm the same way. When that uh, when it takes its little sabbaticals or whatever you call them during the year, I really miss that show. Me too. But yeah. I must. Uh, but I must ask you, have you do you listen to the podcast um, Club Random? 
Which I have one? listened to it once or twice, and also the after show moments from real time, and and that's when he really lets it rip, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I've developed a love hate with Bill through Club Random because he gets high and he's drinking. And <laughs> right, right. Seriously, the show should be called Club. Um, I'm going to ask you something, but here's what I think. Yeah. Yes. Be- because it's bizarre. Like he has people on. He'll ask them a question. And he's so really he's so baked. <laughs> that they start answering and like two sentences in and he starts telling them what he thinks you're you're oh. right you're right fred that's why i think i've only listened to it a couple of times because i did listen to it and it was exactly that he was outrageous because he was high and yeah. uh, part of that is fun but if you're driving around listening to a podcast after 10 minutes you're starting to get feel bad for the guest you that's know? right like it's like, right a couple of times on the beach in the dominican i'm walking down listening with my headset on listening and i started yelling bill shut up let him answer let him answer and then i look up and people are looking at me mm. because i'm screaming to myself with this headset on but uh in some situations it was uh it's like he like there's no doubt he's I'm I'm wondering whether the Microsoft phone should be on. <laughs> yeah, now no, he had Sebastian Maniscalco. That's what Freddie was saying. That uh, it wasn't very good. Yeah, and and you could tell Sebastian was getting pissed off. <laughs> like it was, you know, because what Mar was saying was so unfiltered. It was kind of insulting, but it was interesting. So this is uh, I'm gonna I have an example for people who have not heard the new rules. It's a segment that Bill does. I have seen mm-hmm. a bunch of these, but so there was a big splash. There's a there's a big. I'm not sure if you saw some of the commercials, Billy, on the Super Bowl. Um, about a billion dollars apparently has been spent to promote the return of Jesus. Uh, have you heard about this? I've heard a bit about yeah. it. Yeah. All right. Well, here's Bill Mer- Bill Maher talking about how. Uh, I mean, I don't remember the campaign, Freddie. It's called uh, "He Gets Us," or you yes, know, yes, okay. he gets us. Yes. All right. So here's Bill. Hold on. On the "He Gets Us" campaign of billboards, internet ads, and even a Super Bowl ad to promote Jesus, they need to go fuck themselves. <laughs> You've got a billion dollars. Feed some poor people. Because, newsflash, we've all heard of Jesus. Americans may not know who their senator is or what's the state above South Dakota. But we've heard of Jesus. Go find some tribe in the Brazilian jungle and bug them. So there yeah. you go. That's an example. And, and by the way, a great point. They spent all yeah. this money promoting somebody that really, if you haven't heard about Jesus by now, you know, mm-hmm. anyway. One, yeah. one, one short personal note. When way back in like 1980, 81, um, I was doing some stand up with a buddy of mine, Pat Bullock, and uh, we did a show and the guy knew somebody and we ended up going to New York and to catch a rising star and did a couple of shows. Wow. Uh, you know, on sort of open mic nights. Yep. But the MC was Bill Maher. Wow. In 1981. <laughs> well, if you go back and watch yeah. some of his stand up, he was always really clever, very smart cat. And, um, and I'm going to go back and give uh, real time another shot. Uh, there's yeah. a, and check out Club Random too. You right. might get a kick out of uh, the the state of uh, mind. You're <laughs> well, here's the thing. You know, now that quickly, I, I just heard the Woody Harrelson one yesterday, and he's just as baked as. Yeah. Uh, oh, Phil. I was going to say now that the <laughs> Hound Man's not smoking any weed, I'm on a three month well, weed sabbatical. 
Oh, right. I haven't had any weed since uh, before I went to Mexico in November, you know, because of one of my many ailments. Uh, Billy, uh, we don't have time for the CBC thing, but I do want to ask you because uh, they're auditioning uh, different people for the uh, Daily Show. I've seen a little bit of Chelsea Handler, but I saw a clip the other night of another person I think would be great at it, and that's Sarah Silverman. Mm. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, no, I've seen that clip, too. Yeah, she's terrific. They all have something to say, and, uh, you know, these are veteran comedians, uh, you know, um, but uh, Handler just seems to have revived her career in the last year, uh, and she's been showing up guest hosting on uh, Kimmel's show and other places, uh, and... uh, you know, uh, she she works right. She was, comes to Toronto now and then, does live shows. So yeah. uh, good to see her uh, reemerge. I think. And she, uh, I saw I saw her uh, co- our host uh, Kimmel show a couple of times. She's not. She doesn't seem super comfortable yet. Like just to me, like she's a little uh, camera conscious still or something. I don't know what. I it mean, is. she's had a lot of talk. I mean, she had her own talk show on Netflix. She's had a bunch of. She's, she, yeah. she, she should be yeah. more comfortable. I agree with you. And. And the thing is, I'm not a huge Chelsea Handler stand-up fan, and I do love Sarah Silverman's stand-up. I also love Sarah Silverman. She's more my type. But uh, I I think, uh, I don't know if Chelsea Handler or Sarah Silverman, to be honest with you, would wear as well night after night after night. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, I mean, and Handler's message right now is I'm a, I don't have children. I can do anything. <laughs> so, yeah. She's definitely she campaigning for it. To men or women. You know, she's mm-hmm. a bit intimidating for everybody. Yeah. And she's definitely of all the people they've used. And I can't I mean, D.A. and D.L. Hughley. There's a few others off the top of my head. I can't remember. But of the people that have been trying out, she's the one that seems to be campaigning for it. Yes, you're right. Yeah, I think so. But uh, yeah, we'll see what happens with Daily Show, um, whether they even stick with that format. You know, a late night is a whole different animal these days, right? Yeah, for sure. Listen, man, Bill Brio, Brio.tv, B-R-I, and then some other letters. And uh, <laughs> I don't know. I get B-O-U-X. <laughs> B-R-I-O-U-X. Like, I think I could get your name on a multiple choice, but I have to actually have it in front of me. B-R-I-O-U-X. TV feeds my family. The podcast is featuring some of the biggest stars in television. And uh, we're lucky to have... We're, you know what we are? We're goddamn lucky to have access to you. Well, you guys uh, were the ones who said, hey, you should do a podcast, Howard and Fred. So thank mm-hmm. you. Well, yeah. Right on, buddy. That's our thing. That is our thing. We like to we like to promote others, my friend. Bill Brio, thank you, my friend. We'll see you in a month. Fantastic. See you guys soon. Retirement Sherp is coming up here before the uh, program's done today. Right on. Didn't talk to the Sherpa. Oh, yeah. yeah, man. A couple more points. Things that you might like. I listened to a podcast, uh, David Spade and um, Dana Carvey. Yeah, I've heard it. I think it's it. called Fly in the Wall or yeah, something. I've heard it. Um, they inter- or Jimmy Kimmel interviews them about joining Saturday Night Live and just the, all the stress that's involved when you're a new member and, and what the week involves and you know you can be the funniest guy on earth and I, again I thought of golf it's it's you know you, you got talent but now your mind has to adjust right to the situation you're in it really was a 
a fascinating show you might want to listen to. Well, you know, the funny thing is I I brought that show up when it first debuted. I talked to you about it. I said, I I really like David Spade, and I kind of like Dana Carvey. Not as much, but I... Mm -hmm. We were talking about how some of those guys are not comfortable in the podcast format. But I've gone back a few times. I gave it some some a bit of because right. Dana Carvey was a little bit over eager at times. I find mm-hmm. him, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but I'll go listen to the Kimmel episode. What else are you are you listening to? Um, well, that's it, more or less for the podcast. Although I'm just gonna go listen to that Smartless Mark. though. Yeah, part of me. I'm gonna go listen to that episode of Smartless though. Yeah, with uh, yeah. Uh, with uh, Eugene Levy. Uh, I will just say back to Bill Maher. Whenever he talks about preparing for real time on Friday nights, like what his week involves, do I find fascinating? Because, again, it's that type of thing. I have a show on Friday night. I have a certain standard I have to live up to. And I got to deliver every week. And he says he doesn't smoke dope all week when he's writing the show. Like he's like no drink, no smoke. And he's just concentrates on that thing like four wow. nights a week. And yeah, it's it's. Great stories. I love that stuff. So, and where do you hear that on his podcast? Yeah, just from time to time when he talks about preparing for, uh, yeah, on the Club Random about, you know, preparing for the real time show, which he says is my real show. This one isn't. What kind of money is he making? I don't know. He made about $90 million on the uh, New York Mets. You heard that story. No, I don't know that story. He bought 4% of the uh, the Mets. I I, free, I don't know for like twelve million dollars or something what? whatever it was yeah they were worth seven hundred and some odd million ten years ago or whatever and it cost him money he made some money it cost him money and then uh, COVID came he had to write a lot of checks he said and then all of a sudden just uh, about a year and a half ago they were sold for two billion dollars and his cut was about ninety some odd million wow mm-hmm. well there you go I'll tell you what. Uh, mm-hmm. What, what's helping power this program is uh, GoDaddy. They're powering small business and entrepreneurs like us, and uh, maybe potentially you, for over 25 years and servicing over 20 million customers worldwide. GoDaddy is where people come to get a domain, create a website, and everything else you need to get your business online. I like to make this point that they're they're. Their phone, their their phone service, their service is free and friendly, twenty four seven phone support. You don't get that from everybody, and you can start your website for free with GoDaddy. You could do it today. Try it out. No credit card is even required. Maybe you want to on. Uh, you have an online store. You have a small business or a side hustle. Today's the day to do it. Visit GoDaddy.ca to learn more. Uh, speaking of golf, that uh, web uh, web series, that Netflix documentary series, uh, Drive to Survive, we've talked about it from time to time. Right. The people that produced that have uh, produced another uh, series, this time on the PGA Tour, and it debuts today on Netflix. Oh, I believe it's called Full Swing. Uh, let me just make sure I got that right. You'd think I'd know that. Mm-hmm. Um, but they started, they started following the PGA Tour. It's called uh, Full Swing. So around this time last year, it was announced they were doing it. And, and you and I have talked a lot about Drive to Survive. We really enjoyed it. And I, and I talked about it recently where I said, you know, it gave me a, a real appreciation for F1 and I had no no idea what that world was like. Mm-hmm. From what I've heard, the reviews aren't great. So here's what I've heard about this series. Oh. 
Really? If you're not a golf fan, you probably won't enjoy it the way you would have, say, like you and I weren't really F1 fans, but enjoyed that series. If you're mm-hmm. a golf fan like myself, it's, it's going to be great because it's like a real chance to see what goes on behind the scenes mm-hmm. at the PGA Tour. But they couldn't have picked a better year because they started filming around the winter of 2022 when all of that stuff happened with the rival golf league and players being paid hundreds of millions of dollars to go play for the Saudi Arabians. And anyway, it debuts today and I will be watching it uh, when TV time comes tonight. I think I'll, uh, you know, I'll carve out some time for that as well. Um, Tiger Woods, speaking of golf as well, more golf. Tiger Woods makes his first PGA Tour start. He's played in a couple of uh, majors. He only lasted a couple of rounds, but he hasn't really played much since he drove his car off a cliff. <laughs> he's, and he so said, he, I wouldn't he, he said, I wouldn't be playing unless I thought I could win. I mean, yeah. what else is he going to say? But let's see how competitive he can be. Well, he can barely walk. No, I know. Is he still bloated? I, I don't know. I saw some video yeah, last night of him hitting balls on the range at this tournament in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. He, he looks like, you know, f- they all, he still looks like he can play. Right. But, you know, there's a reason people in their late 40s retire, you know, because you're old and you get tired and, you know, you're competing yeah. against kids in their 20s and late 20s and early 30s. And, you know, it's just not the same. Mm-hmm. How old do you have to be to join the seniors tour? 50. So I imagine that will happen. I don't know about that. Jack Nicholas uh, sort of famously played only limited events on the senior tour. And mm-hmm. uh, it was quoted once. They said, Jack, why aren't you playing uh, more you know, on the Champions Tour? And he said, I've already beat these guys. <laughs> you know, why do, <laughs> why do I have to beat them all right. over again? I fucking have beat him. I've beat them for 30 years. Wow. Anyway. That's an interesting perspective. Mm-hmm. But that is really the only sport. Uh, so I'm not sure if we're going to get time here before the Sherpa, but there's a uh, maybe we'll have some time tomorrow to talk about Joe Rogan. You may have heard of those speaking of podcasters, um, his uh, ridiculous remarks about Jews. Go look that up. I don't honestly, Howard, have a lot of time for that guy because I think he pulls stuff out of his ass and talks off the top of his head. I find it very tedious. And, uh, a great example of Americana, right? Where a guy like that can become a superstar yeah. without... Because he... Uh, I'm sorry. He gets credit for being the smart guy. I don't see it. Sorry. Don't well, and it. you know what you just said is exactly mm-hmm. it, though. It's like he even says that about himself. You know, I'm not the smartest guy. <clears throat> yeah. And he kind of plays on that, but he's made hundreds of millions of dollars doing that thing. And uh, most mm-hmm. recently... He had made some comments. Hang on a second. I got to. Are you aware of this story? No, I'm not. I, I, again, I'm not surprised. I don't listen. I see clips the odd time yeah. when I fall into these uh, YouTube rabbit holes, but I don't ever listen to the podcast. I am. I'm not interested. Uh, I was. I didn't. I didn't know we were going to get into it. But he basically just said uh-huh. in his podcast, you know, hey, what do you know? We all know Jews are into money, and they Jews uh, control the media. Um. He said, uh, "All the things you say." Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, we do. That's not, you know, if if Jews are so, good, how come I'm not rich? Huh? Yeah, right. Exactly. God damn it. <laughs> um. Anyway, 
Yeah, like why and why? Where was that going? Where did that? How did that come up? He was talking to. I'm looking at it now. He was talking to some other comic. Mm -hmm. Anyway, but uh, but to your point, you know, like it is a great, you know, great slice of Americana that anyone can, you know, become that famous. And there was all this call for him to be deplatformed off uh, Spotify and. Mm-hmm. And on and on and on. <clears throat> it just, it's, but, you know, that's like that's like the Trump factor. Trump has 35 percent of, uh, you know, the GOP base. They're idiots. They're morons. They're racist. And, and Rogan's like that, too. The numbers he can get with that podcast catering to people that want to hear that shit is making him millions. Oh, yeah. I mean, from that perspective, he's not stupid, you know. He knows that he's going to get all this attention again and all the low life are, are going to go flocking to hear what Joe's going to say to say next. Great. Good for him. Uh, did I? You weren't uh, with me yesterday, but I read uh, I read Maureen Holloway, Donald Trump's critique of Rihanna's halftime show, which I did not see. Did you should just, you no. should just, what do you say? Oh, just, I don't have it in front of me. We're just like worst thing ever, literally in the history oh. of the Super Bowl. And what right. about her? St- literally commenting. And I, I read the tweet and the first time I thought, you know, I could not imagine Barack Obama, Bill Clinton, even George Bush, senior, junior. I could not imagine them weighing in on the halftime show at the Super Bowl, even out of their presidency, especially not on how the young woman looked. Well, she's pregnant. Like, how about that? None of it. It's just so ridiculous. Um, well, it just shows you again how dumb this man is, because I watched the halftime show and sitting with Buddy Doug. I said, I don't know what to say about this, because number one, I don't know her music. I don't know her. And I'm a 67 year old man. This may be the greatest thing ever. Mm-hmm. I can't pass judgment on it because I, there's, I have no perspective on it. And that would be like the 73 year old Donald Trump. What perspective does he have on that halftime show? Exactly. <laughs> like, where would that come from? I don't know, man. Did he man. come up with who, sh- who should have done the show? No, like he fucking, didn't. what, Frank Sinatra or whatever? Fucking idiot. Uh, yeah, but it's, uh, you know, when it's, it's just really hard to imagine that he is going to get a, I know here we go on Trump again, but it's hard to imagine that there's going to be a world we're about to live in, and pretty soon, I don't mm-hmm. know if you, I, where that guy is going to be once again front and center. And here's the thing, I mean, you know, we'll be talking about it, but so will CNN. Yes, Fox, of course, will because it sells. It's it's it gets eyeballs, like and, and CNN is as um, guilty in a way of promote CNN, Newsweek, all these out all these so so called left outlets or middle outlets because it's exciting for people to see how fucking crazy he is. Well, right, and they do the research. Say that name and people watch. Absolutely. Talk about controversy and they're, and they're brought to the television. I mean, it's you heard what he said about DeSantis last week. Not that I'm a big fan of DeSantis, but if you want to have like a crazy contest, <laughs> Trump wins hands down. Oh, yeah, easily. But what, he got an old picture. They're not even sure it's Ron DeSantis. When he was a young school teacher and these, these, there's these two girls beside him and they're right. all holding beer. And he accused him of grooming teenagers. Grooming. Oh, yeah. Oh, I saw that. 
Like that's out of the box now. Already now you're you're going there now, and they weren't even sure it was DeSantis in that picture. But he throws it up there on his uh, social uh, platform and uh, accuses the guy of. Uh, Really being a pedophile. Great. Super. Good start. Which is out of the gate. Again, I don't know if the word is ironic, but it's hilarious to me that because of all because he's saying those things about DeSantis, all things that have been said about him, all those creepy things he did at the Miss Teen America, Mm -hmm. all those Mm -hmm. pictures of him with young women, the pictures of him. Go look this Mm -hmm. up if you want, folks. Uh, Pictures Mm -hmm. of him and his daughter back years ago and how creepy that was. You know, Howard, something you said the other day, and I, I, I keep thinking about it, and I'll tell you, it, it just ties everything up with a nice ribbon explaining so much of the United States. When that guy said, it wasn't an insurrection, the doors were open. That's what right, the doors were open. More do you, what more do you need than that? Yeah. And by the Eight, way, that guy, that guy that yeah. said it, I spent the better part of four and a half, five hours with, was a great guy. Was a great Oh, no, super no, yeah. guy to be around. And I want to say this normal laughs. Mm-hmm. We had so many laughs and it wasn't until the last half hour we spent together that I brought mm-hmm. up the guns and it led to the <laughs> insurrection. When he said that, I thought, wow, I don't know you at all. Yeah. Like yeah. he literally was yeah. serious about that. Mm-hmm. I, Dan, I said, what about the insurrection? He said, well, there's an insurrection. The doors were open. Oh, were they? <laughs> fucking really? Really? No, were they? The, the bank vault door is open. Does that mean I can go in there? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I, I know. So it's crazy. I've already figured. So we're going to talk mm. to Dan. I guess Dan Duran. I, I, I'm just 100% sure uh, how the format works anymore. So we do Dan Duran and then the Sherpa. Does that happen? I don't see the Sherpa no, yet. You, you, I don't know. I, no, I usually we, we, do the shirt, we do yeah. the Sherpa. Oh, first, there he is. Okay. Oh, there he is. All, All right. right. See, just in, the nick of, just in the nick of time. Um, I thought Daniel. I'd throw this out there, but just before that is that the, uh, the that it was the, the Super Bowl is the third most watched Super Bowl. Did you know that? Was it really? It was, uh, and that the halftime show had, uh, uh, I think, 118 million people, 118.7 million people watching wow. that halftime show, which makes it the uh, second most watched Super Bowl halftime show. Katy Perry's was that in 2015. Well, well, again, these people know what they're doing because you know. Me and Buddy Doug are watching the Super Bowl. When halftime comes, he goes have a shower. He went and had a shower, and I'm sort of watching it. But our wives came from different parts of the condo mm-hmm. to sit in front of the TV and watch Rihanna. Uh, These why were people they? aren't, uh, they're not stupid. Yeah, why were they in different parts of the <laughs> yeah. condo? Were they hiding? <laughs> well, I guess, no, not because the game was on, weren't interested in the game. So oh, they I were see. in the patio or something. I don't know. All right. All right. Um, yeah. I'll tell you who loves his football. I'll tell you right now. I know this man was watching. He is uh, the man with the plan, the retirement Sherpa, Tim.Niblet at RaymondJames.ca. And we say hello to you, Professor. Good morning there, guys. Great to see you. I've had to do it the old-fashioned way with my phone, so I hope it comes out okay. Now you sound fine. Mm-hmm. I, Always my a pleasure. My computer and I have not been getting along well this morning. I spent the last half hour drinking coffee and unsuccessfully trying to get the Zoom link going. Oh, Sorry for don't worry about it. on Dan there, too. I, I'm goofing everything up this morning. No, no problem, buddy. We can hear you. We can hear you. Hey, you know what they say. Poop happens, right? Mm. Poop happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tim, I, uh, I'm just trying to think you were, something significant happened in uh, Gator Nation recently. Am I wrong about that? 
Well, we lost another basketball game, sadly, to Vanderbilt. I oh, mean, they're no. smarter and better basketball, I guess, so that's not good. But, uh, no, there was just an event with a lot of the football players I went to Gainesville for on Saturday, which was awesome, and got to talk to uh, about 10 of them, some really, like, top running back, top receiver, uh, All-American freshman lineman, uh, just great kids, you know? I mean, they're not going to probably act wrong there. Oh, where are you going? Tim's gone now. No, this is working here. All right. Just a second. Okay. Okay. And again, our thoughts and prayers are with all the uh, kids at MSU, another mass shooting. Did you see that one at MSU for crying out loud? Uh, Terrorizing all those kids. Hmm. Okay, now Tim's on two different. Oh, look at that. He's on his phone and now he's on two for the price of one. I should just be on one now, I think. Okay, there, there you, you are. Go. Now you're perfect. Okay. Oh, man, that was tough. Yeah, actually, Sarah, our daughter's got a pal, and I know them uh, quite well. Good, good. well, they're not kids anymore, but uh, who, who teach at uh, MSU. So I was kind of uh, mm. following that, unfortunately, a little bit on Twitter the other day. There, yeah. It's just crazy, you know. Then there's all the stuff, and I know this isn't what I'm on for, but well, you know, the governor of Michigan saying it's time to do something about this. And I felt like saying, wasn't it time decades yeah. ago to do something <laughs> yeah. about this? Well, back to my conversation with these guys from Chicago who were just great to hang with. And, you know, I, you know, you were, you were around a lot of Americans and, you know, again, having great conversations, having a nice time golfing. And then you bring up, you know, that third rail, which is gun control and mass shootings and, you know, these are sort of, you know, guys in their 40s, decent, I'm sure, good livings. And you know, it, it just doesn't, it's not part of their world. They don't really think about it. Mm-hmm. And as you say, Timmy, you know, the people that are in charge, there's so much lobbying from the gun people that, uh, you know, it's, it's hard to make any changes. One of the guys I was golfing with uh, Saturday, he's from New York, and he's got a gun, and he's talking about now you can't bring them into stores or businesses unless they have a sign at the front saying you can. Uh, and he was just aghast <laughs> about this, you know? That's and great. I'm like, buddy, have you ever used it in the last 40 years? Like, why does this even matter? Yeah, I know. Yeah, there's all those pictures you see, Freddie, with guys with like, he's, he's got a gun and he's got one in his back and, and he's shopping for clothes. Like, he's, you know, is, it, mm-hmm. is, it, is he really worried about the security at the Gap? Is that really a... You know, those guys that that you refer to, uh, Sherp, that, you know, haven't ever used it in 40 years, but some on Second Amendment uh, principle, where they live, whatever it is. I wonder if there's been actually more accidents from those firearms than actual incidents of uh, protecting yourself. Just think about that. Trying on clothes and you got a gun stuck in the back of your belt or something. I mean, it's just really a lot of them are accidents waiting to happen. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there are. I mean, in honor Mm. of Valentine's Day yesterday, uh, I've half joked if we had a gun in the house the last 25 years, one of us probably wouldn't be around anymore. (laughs) That's right. Uh, true man, true. True man. Okay, let's talk about uh, money. Uh, your expertise. A lot of people uh, turn to the Sherpa for guidance, myself included. Uh, the beginning of this note says, does your portfolio have too much liquidity? Why do you ask that question? Well, funny you should mention that. Um, so something we've done for the last number of years that's really worked out well is not worrying about 
everything having to be accessible the next day. I mean, so liquidity, you know, speaks to can you sell it? Can you get at it if you need the money? Well, of course, for the normal Canadian uh, or American, uh, you know, in their RSP, their IRA, any TFSAs and so on, they don't need most, if any, of that money for years and years. So a lot of times they're costing themselves opportunity by having it all accessible to them. Interesting. I'm looking for uh, the thing here, Howard. So, um, well, the oh, other- you know what, Fred? I, I, my apologies. I didn't know you were in uh, today. So, right, okay. well, I'll send it to you I, right I now. I was excited to see you, but I thought we were guest Fred again uh, today. Okay, um, no problem. No problem. Um, well, I'll send it to you. But uh, mm-hmm. the next question is: mutual funds versus ETF stocks or GICs. Right. So, you know, GICs, a lot of people use, whether they should or not, it's another issue. Although with uh, current interest rates, they can probably perform a little more of a service than than they had during our low interest rate uh, times. With GICs, people have them locked up for a year to five years uh, sometimes, right? So when you think about it, they are kind of used to not having some liquidity. Uh, But like mutual funds, uh, ETFs, stocks, they can all be sold and accessed within days so that that's kind of the norm but some of the fantastic investments that don't really go up and down with the market that are a lot less volatile uh, some private equities some private debt a, a variety of, of real estate opportunities and all uh they're not accessible daily but the price and and the growth and all is is very good as as a result it opens up an entirely new area of investment for people by uh working that into the process so what you've just described, would you do, is this what we call Sherpa-style investing, generally? Yes, yes. I'm still trying to get it to catch on, Fred, but it hasn't mm-hmm. uh, as yet. But uh, yeah, Sherpa-style <laughs> investing, right? Which is really just paying attention to what like the Yale Endowment Fund does and the Canada Pension Plan does. They yeah. invest in these sort of things as well. So I'm, I'm just uh, mirroring, mimicking, uh, learning from uh trillion dollar uh funds and and what they do successfully for people yeah uh, and have you already <laughs> excuse me have you already explained upside downside capture ratio because if you did i missed it <laughs> mm-hmm. well howard you know you would because <laughs> you know i i need to be explained things two or three times <laughs> uh yeah so that's one of the metrics we use when we analyze clients portfolios or prospects portfolios and all uh, you know, we've all seen what's called a mountain chart, probably, where you can see how the market's done over a long period of time. It, it looks, you know, that's part of why I do the Sherpa bit, but uh, it looks like a mountain. There's some ups and downs, but there's more ups than downs. So over time, if you got all the good and all the bad, you win anyhow. But what we try to do to oversimplify a complicated thing is, you know, through the choices, through the mixing and matching, is making sure that you have things in your portfolio that work well together. And so if things are good, you hopefully get more of the good than is out there. And if things are bad, you get less of the the bad. So that really minimizes sticker shock, uh, as we call it, when people look at their statements. It, it uh, hmm. helps people just profit, uh, enjoy and profit more. Right on. Well, fantastic, my friend. And listen, uh, uh, when, this is the longest I've ever been away. And um, I'm coming into my third week. And by the time it's all over, I'll be gone for a couple months. When do you plan to come home? And generally, I know you do a little bit of a break, but you go away for a couple months at a time, right? Well, I used to come back and forth a lot, of course, right? In the good old days, it was like every second week or so, I mm. think I was back north. 
uh, with the dynamics of COVID, I learned that I can be here all the time. Uh, so we'll be down for five, six months, uh, go back in April. I mean, I've got an awesome team. We got great clients and thanks to zoom. Right. So, yeah. uh, so it works. So it's, it's nice to see you guys enjoying it as well. It's a nice way to live. It really sure. is. And, and you're right. Yeah. The, the, the team at the Sherpa has around him, Jay and, uh, Deborah, who Deborah. we brought flowers for yesterday, our um, office are, Valentine, absolutely. Are just great. Nice. Yeah, so it's not just Timmy. It's a, a great group around. And uh, somebody, to, listen, if you haven't checked out the Sherpa style investing yet, yeah, you should. Even if it's just for a second look at your portfolio, give Tim a call. Tim.nibblet at RaymondJames.ca. We'll see you next Wednesday, my friend, mi amigo. See you, buddy. Looking, yeah, looking forward to it. Enjoy the sunshine there, boys. Great seeing you. All right, pal. Take care. There's Tim Niblett. Finally got him on there. And um, sounding great. Howie, it's a day late, but uh, will you be my Valentine? Buddy, you don't even have to ask. Okay, good. <laughs> don't, you don't even have to ask. I, yeah, I... I uh, you just consider yourself... I, just, I am. Valentine. I'm every day your Valentine's. Dan Duran, are you there, buddy? Dan... Dan. Dan Duran. Oh, I got to send him. We have to ask Dan what he did maybe for Lisa. Is he into that or is he one of those principled guys that says it's just a money grab uh, grab and he's not interested? Oh, no. Dan Dan did lots of stuff for Lisa, including leaving her Christmas tree up and calling it a uh, a bird tree. (laughs) Winter Mm. bird tree. A winter bird tree. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Did you do anything for Valentine's Day, Dan? Oh, we did. We had a little uh, bite to eat before uh, before th- it was uh, the eve of Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day, we, yeah. Uh, we had a little get together, and you know, gave her a plant. Oh, did you? Is that what you call you it? Planted one. Did you? <laughs> <laughs> <I was> yes. <laughs> Is that what you call it? You gave her the plant. Yeah, I gave her the plant. Yeah. In your case, we it's a only tree. ask because this is a relatively fresh. Um, Relationship and yeah. it's it's nice to watch the kids on Valentine's Day when they're in fresh relationships. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I said the no, same thing. We today. had a lovely time. We had, had a you know bottle of champagne, some mm. food, and you know some you know stuff. So we wow together. Yeah, some stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yes. All right, Dan. Well, I think we've you know I know I know your tolerance for this shenanigans. Yeah, uh, it's low. It's low, very low. <laughs> but in the meantime, let's uh, let's tell, let's have Dan do what Dan does best. Now, here's to a fella named Dan Duran, a hell of a guy with a hella big wang, the quintessential anchor man. His voice is nice and low. Huh. Dan Duran, the anchorman, comes as fast for credentials he has none. Can't tell a headline from his bum, but his voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the anchorman's here, he's prone to falling off his chair, but he's got a big wang, so he don't care, and his voice is nice and low. My voice is nice and low. And now live from the Humble and Fred Studios on the Queensway, broadcasting to the world with news and views... And a countdown to aging. Here's Dan. (laughs) Here's the soon-to-be senior citizen, Dan Duran. Senior man. Senior Dan. You you guys, uh, I know you were talking hockey earlier. Mm. Uh, Did you talk about Ryan Reynolds yet? No. The owner of the Ottawa Senators is dead. And Deadpool actor, see the deads, the two deads there, mm-hmm. put it together. Ryan, Ryan Reynolds is uh, stepping up to uh, bid on the team. Mm-hmm. He's teamed up with Remington Group, a real estate development corporation based in Vaughan, uh, in a bid to buy the franchise, according to the Ottawa Sun. He will wow. uh, 
be a partner in the consortium that will make a bid for the team and is determined to build a new rink at Le Breton Flats in downtown Ottawa. Yeah, um, they're not the front runner of that group, but um, he's getting most of the attention. But as he said many times, I mean, he needs partners because, you know, he's a rich actor, but he doesn't have that kind of money. Yeah. Dan, How much know, is he going to go for, do you think? A billion? Close. I think it'll be under, but like the Leafs were two, Ottawa would be half. The Leafs maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Dan, do you and know then that, whole, that whole connection to the new rink, that's a bit of a stretch, but we'll see. Dan, are you aware that Ryan Reynolds also owns already owns a... Uh, a soccer team, a football club, a football club, yeah, yeah. with uh, his other sunny in Philadelphia, yeah, Jay Matt. Well, yeah, you know, I've never seen. You know what? That show's been on for sixteen years. I've never seen one episode. Seriously, oh, have it's you? Pretty good. It's pretty Is it good? good? Yeah, yeah. No, I've just put it on a couple of times, and once his head walks into the room screaming, "What the little guy? What's his name again?" No. Little guy. Little screaming guy? Little screaming yeah, guy. Yeah, I don't know who you're talking the about. The guy, you know, was married to the girl from Cheers and what? I get Danny DeVito. He's in Oh, range. right, right. The little screaming oh, guy. Him. Uh, yeah. I thought yeah. you were talking about somebody else. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah. he's a little screaming guy. Yeah. Yeah. There's a couple of guys in that category. There's Joe Pesci screaming all the time. Right. Danny DeVito also yelling. <laughs> yeah. Peter Dinklage right. can be, you know, seen oftentimes mm-hmm. just screaming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so uh, yeah, I I I know that they're friends of uh, the guys on Smartless because they always talk about that guy, uh, one of the co-creators of that show. Right. Anyway. So yeah, I mean, with Ryan Reynolds' uh, marketing acumen and his uh, company that does that, that you know, probably be a good boost to it. And and who is the front runner, Fred? Do you? I mean, oh, I don't don't know, just somebody with more money because the kids are selling it. You know, uh, what's his head? Eugene Melnick. He uh, died at 62. All that money, that fortune. An NHL hockey team and dies at 62. That's three years younger than you're going to be, Dan. That's right. Um, (laughs) You can imagine that, Dan. A 62-year-old, even younger than me, Yeah, uh, but uh, way younger than you. I mean, Jesus. So the kids kids are selling it. I don't think they care about Ryan Reynolds. It's like uh, put a number on the pad and we'll take it from there, right? Right. Mm-hmm. That's what it's all about. All right. The green. The green. Uh, Daniel. Right. Yes. Do you have another story? Because uh, I do. I have, I, I okay, do. well, just, let's get to it because I have another all show right, to yes. do here in about an hour. Okay. Uh, Dan Duran's second story brought to you by Geritol, the drink of choice of senior citizens for many years now. Dan Duran, uh, who's Metamucil. By the way, there's still some Metamucil there at my house if you want to use it. All right, thanks. And they're covered somewhere. Yeah, Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm working on the wrong podcast. Uh-oh. Toronto police are spending more than $300,000 on a podcast. The podcast produced by a third-party company is called uh, called 24 Shades of Blue. Its uh, objective, according to a statement provided by police, is to offer a behind-the-scenes look at policing that takes more time than traditional media and, uh, uh, you know, exposes the, uh, the you know, for how what great guys the police are. Uh, they de- Poli- Toronto Police is a CBC uh, uh, story. The Toronto Police de- declined to be interviewed. Uh, CBC had to uh, get this uh, information by filing a freedom of information request. The documents show the podcast creation was a sole source de- init- uh, deal, initially worth ninety thousand. Uh, despite the pilot's uh, season's limited reach. 
They signed off on a three-year extension worth $247,000. That's a lot of money for a podcast. I'd say. Oh, you think? And where's that money coming? That is, this is a CBC thing, are you saying? Did I get that through this? No, CBC did the story. Oh, the, okay. Uh, Toronto taxpayers are paying for it through the <sighs> police budget. Wow. They should have come to Boone. He could have done it for a lot less. Oh, I mean, seriously. Again, I don't know police isn't necessarily government, but it just shows you bureaucracy and what can happen. There's no... Can you think of any reason why it would cost that money? Well, they hired Dan Duran. That's why it would cost oh. that money. Uh, <laughs> he's not cheap. Yeah. Well, There's the no third-party company obviously is soaking them. Yeah. But I, I, and if they do a video version of it, maybe there's a lot of editing or something. Mm-hmm. But still, even then, so much. It, 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 that's a lot of money to throw at a podcast. It oh, is. My goodness. Absolutely. Like, where's the uh, what is, uh, ROI on that one? No, why? Or do they even care? No one cares. Mm. They just want it for uh, you know image to bolster the image, and that's part of that uh, communications budget, I would imagine. Well, that's you know, I was on the fence, but now after hearing that, defund the police. Defund the police. (laughs) That's right. No, defund the police podcast. Give it to us. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, right. We can use some of that development money. Um, All right. Thanks to uh, Bill Brio. You go spell his name if you want to. Uh, there's a retirement Sherpa. Fantastic. Dan Duran, as always. Tomorrow on the show, I'll tell you about some more appliances that I broke here as well. Oh, yeah. As well. Wow. Uh, how I lost my debit card and saw oh. a guy get run over. Cool. Oh, can't wait. Like, seriously. <laughs> I saw a man on a scooter get run off the road. And I'll just give you a little hint, you know. Hey, we've all been in some little traffic, you know, bullshit, you know, giving people the finger or following too close. Well, I saw all of that. But how they ended here in Mexico, a lot different than Toronto. All right. (laughs) This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by Bodog, the retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan. Aaron Ventures, evnet.ca, and GoDaddy. We read all of our emails, Humble and Fred at humbleandfredradio.com. Liking and subscribing really helps us out, and so does giving us all the hearts and stars. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran. And remember, if you have $300,000 to spend on a podcast, I'm here for you. <laughs> Enjoy every goddamn day. Destination, a little up the road from the habitations and the towns we know. A place we saw the lights turn low, the jigsaw jazz and the get fresh flow. Pulling out jobs and jamboree handouts, two turntables and a microphone. Bottles and cans, or just clap your hands, or just clap your hands. Where's that?